Are you obsessed with Los Angeles? Head over heels in love with the City of Angels? Well, this is the podcast for you. At Lifehacks LA, we hack the best in arts, eats, and activities in Los Angeles. So join us and become an LA hacker. What's up, LA Hackers? Welcome to episode number 95 of the Life Hacks LA podcast. You know, we follow lots of LA-based accounts on Instagram, and today we have on as a guest one of my favorites. It's called Above Los Angeles, and it's run by Josh. As you can probably tell by the name, it's aerial pictures and videos of Los Angeles, mostly iconic LA landmarks. But these videos are really spectacular. I would say almost cinematic. And don't just take my word for it because I'm not the only admirer of his account. He has over 47,000 followers on Instagram and he's been featured on dozens of other Instagram accounts. His footage has also been shown on television and the local news. In this interview, Josh is going to share why he started his account, some of his best aerial video and photography uh, tips, as well as his best suggestions of, of what to do in Los Angeles as he's pretty much lived here his whole life. Make sure you stay tuned till the end and I'll share my own little LA photographer hack. All right, enjoy this conversation with Josh from above Los Angeles and I'll talk to you on the other side. Okay, quick question. Have you ever woken up Monday morning, opened Instagram and realized that you missed out on some really cool LA events that past weekend? Also, do you ever want to hook up with people who love the city of L.A. and what it has to offer as much as you do? You know, hang out with friends who don't think it's weird that you want to run all over, run around all over Los Angeles exploring every cool restaurant, museum, bar, and new pop-up. Well, if that sounds like you, then I have something that's a perfect fit for you. It's called the L.A. Hackers Club, and we just officially launched it. When you join the L.A. Hackers Club, you get a private text from me every Friday morning with my best suggestions of what to do in L.A. that weekend. So you know you're not missing out on anything. We will also have special deals, discounts, and giveaways just for this group. Okay, also when you join, you will be a part of the LA Hacker Meetups. We will be having private events and meetups all over the city where you can meet and hang out with people who are just as passionate about hacking Los Angeles as you are. The events will be a mix of all the best LA has to offer. So there will be adult-only activities. Some events will be family-friendly so you can bring your kids. Some will be outdoor stuff and some will be at venues. Also, some events will be free and some we will all have to pay a cost for the event, but it's going to be exclusive just for our group, so it's always something unique that you can only experience by being a part of the LA Hackers Club. Okay, to join the club, it's only five bucks a month. Yes, only $5. We wanted to make it as affordable as possible, and it's basically just to help cover our cost at this point. But the monthly price will be going up in the future as we add more events and it costs more to manage it. So you definitely want to jump in right now at only $5 a month before we raise the price. And of course, you can cancel anytime. To join, go to lifehacksla.com forward slash join the club. That's lifehacksla.com forward slash join the club. Okay, I can't wait to see you in the LA Hackers Club and I can't wait to meet you in person and hack LA together. What's up, LA Hackers? Welcome our guest today, Josh Furman from Above Los Angeles. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I love your podcast and your Instagram account, so it's an honor to be here with you. 
Man, I appreciate that. And the feeling is definitely mutual. And that's why I asked you to come on because I think you're like one of the most shared accounts that I have. I share your stuff all the time because it's so amazing. But um, we're going to get into that. Uh, you do aerial videos of Los Angeles. But before we do, I wanted to get like a little bit of background about you and your relationship with LA. So were you born in Los Angeles or if you weren't, um, what brought you here? Yeah, I was actually born here. My kids are actually fourth generation Angelinos. So my family goes back here for Los Angeles quite a long way. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Fourth generation, huh? So you've seen like so many changes throughout LA, especially in the last like 20 years, huh? Yeah, it's amazing the changes that have happened in Los Angeles. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. It's, you know, we're such a young city for being such a major city. Yeah, second largest city in the United States. But I was just, I just was listening to something on the radio today and they were talking about Los Angeles in the late 1800s. I mean, the population was so small when you compare it to all these East Coast cities that have been around forever. Yeah, no, it's really amazing. I actually, I have planning books from the 20s of Los Angeles and it's amazing to see where it started and how well they estimated the growth was going to be here. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that's how they planned out the whole freeway system and stuff, because uh, believe it or not, a freeway system is pretty amazing, even though <laughs> we all complain about it all the time. Um, so um, as a L.A. native, you know this, that uh, each area is very different. So what area do you live in now and what are some of the things you specifically like about that area? Um, well, right now I live in Burbank. I've been living here for about seven years and I love it. I got three young kids and amazing wife. So. It's a great place to raise a family. And at the same time, it's kind of like living in a small town within the big city. So you know, we, I can get to downtown LA in 15 minutes. I can get to the beach in a half hour, up to the snow in 45 minutes. So it's very centrally located. And it's just some of the nicest people are here in Burbank for some reason. Yeah, that's very true. So I lived in Burbank and it was very similar. We lived in West LA, my wife and I. And then as soon as we had my son, we're like, okay, we got to go somewhere. And so we, we moved to Burbank and you're right. It's just like this little bubble. And it's almost like a small town where you're right next to a big city. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it really is. We used to live in West LA too. And once we had kids, we had to find a place a little calmer to raise them as well. Yeah, at least you don't have to go all the way out to Santa Clarita like a lot of people I know do nowadays. <laughs> they just keep going further and further, you know? Yeah, no, I, I love the city too much to go that far out. Yeah, me too. Another cool thing about Burbank is um, the, the services are really good, you know, because Burbank is its own city. So they have their own police department. They actually come when you call them. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's pretty clean. <laughs> um, the services are really good. So, yeah, Burbank's a great place to raise a family. Yeah, it's very nice. My neighbors had a little fire the other day and they told me the fire department was here in three minutes. Yeah. And you know, you got that strip on, uh, what is that? San Fernando uh, road with just right. a ton of restaurants, everything you can imagine. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great little place, but I get out of it all the time as well. So I like, it's a bubble, but you can get out of it so easily as well. Yeah. It's, it's great to explore other places. Um, so you, I mean, you're a native, so I'm not sure if you've lived anywhere else, but I wanted to ask you also, like overall, what are some of your favorite things about living in Los Angeles or SoCal in general? Well, I one thing is I have lived, I lived in New Orleans for a while and Virginia for a while. So, you know, I've had a taste of other places and they were great, but it's nothing like here. I mean, I got it. thing I probably love the most about Los Angeles is the, the diversity. 
I mean, we have every type of person you can imagine here. And I love that there's, we mix a lot, but at the same time we have, you know, you can go to Chinatown, you can go to little Tokyo, Koreatown, to, you know, areas that are just every type of person place and get so much good culture. And the food is amazing. And, you know, I love stuff like sports that bring the whole city together. Yeah, I love that answer, Josh. Actually, you know, obviously I talk about Los Angeles a lot, so I get questions about LA all the time. And it's hard to narrow LA down to one word, but that's the exact word I use when people ask me to is diversity because it's not just diversity of people, but it's diversity of culture, it's diversity of food, it's diversity of activities, of landscape. I mean, diversity is really just the best word to sum up this amazing city, Los Angeles. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, I was fortunate growing up that, you know, I had friends from about every type of culture there is. And it just, it's so cool to get to be your own culture and get to experience so many great cultures at the same time. And to have the fusion is the best. I mean, especially when it comes to music and food. I mean, you get these hybrids where it's the best of two or three different cultures. It's just, it's really special to see and enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's really cool, especially with all the talent we have out here. But one thing you mentioned was sports. I mean, that's another thing that we kind of take for granted here, I think, in Los Angeles is for most sports, we don't just have one team. We have two teams, and they're usually pretty good. I mean, we got the Lakers and the Clippers, the Dodgers and the Angels, the Chargers and the Rams. So if you love sports, I mean, Los Angeles is hard to beat. Yeah, no, it, it really is. I mean, <laughs> to me, there's only the Lakers and the Dodgers when it comes to those, but yeah, it, it is cool that we have so many and it's cool that my favorite thing that happens in L.A. and it obviously doesn't happen too often. And unfortunately, last year it didn't happen because of the pandemic. But when we have a championship and we get to have a parade, it is just so special to get, you know, a million people out there on the streets and celebrating our city and our teams together. Yeah, and it's, like you said, it's so ironic that the Lakers and the Dodgers won the same year, and it happened to be 2020, so we don't get a parade for either one. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we have some repeats. Yeah, definitely, but it, it's just bizarre that they won in the same year, and it was during a time where we can do the parade. Yeah, you know, it really was just such a special thing for it, and it was after both of them won it, me and my kids got in the car, and we went downtown near Staples Center, because I knew that we weren't going to have a parade, and I told them, we'll have a car parade and there was a ton of people out there and, you know, fireworks and everyone just cheering and celebrating in their cars. I guess that's a very LA parade. Yeah. You seem like, yeah, I've been watching your account. You seem like a fun dad. I thought my kid was spoiled, but you're really going the extra mile. (laughs) Well, I see what you do with your kids. It's definitely inspirational how much you go and do with your son there. Yeah, he's all over the place. Okay, so um, besides being a big sports fan, you definitely, your other major hobby that I know of is the aerial shots that you take that are so amazing that you post in your account above Los Angeles. How did you get started with using drones and taking these amazing videos that you share? Well, actually, my love for aerial photography started when I was, I guess, 16 or 17. One of my best friends is a pilot. He now flies for UPS. And he got his pilot's license very young and he would tell me, you know, tip in 20 bucks for gas and then we can go fly around anywhere you like. What a friend. Wow. Yeah. It was so fun. You know, just two kids being up there in the air. And so we would fly around a lot of downtown LA, 
or, you know, up and down the coast. And I'd always bring my camera and take pictures. So that's kind of where it started. And then I've always rented planes or helicopters every couple of years to take aerial photos. And about four years ago, I've been watching drones and the prices and the quality. And I decided, you know what? I think the price is low enough and the quality is good enough that I can get into the game, spend like $400 and see if, you know, I can get something cool enough to make it worth not renting a plane or a helicopter every couple of years. And so I got a little DGI spark. It cost me probably about $400 or $450. And I took it up and, you know, instantaneously, I loved it. And I started my Instagram account and it just kind of caught on. People, you know, really liked what I was doing and I enjoyed it. So I just loved it. And I think I've probably had five drones since then now. It's just a fun hobby to have. Yeah, so amazing. Yeah, I remember when drones first started um, getting popular. You know, like you said, it was about four or five years ago. I actually picked up a DG Phantom. But oh, yeah, I, that's a nice one. Yeah, you know, because I get into these hobbies and then I they never go anywhere. So <laughs> I basically <laughs> took it to San Pedro like a dummy and I flew it my first, you know, how windy San Pedro is. I didn't know what I was yeah. doing. Flew it right into a tree. And that was oh, uh, no. kind of the end of that hobby. But um, it makes me really appreciate what you do. Um, with your aerial photography and you know it kind of explains um explains it that you have a lot more experience because you used to do this from a helicopter or or from a plane i mean so uh yeah i mean it's it's really incredible the videos you do oh i appreciate it i enjoy it and i enjoy spotlighting our city so it's a lot of fun and it's i not very artistic in other ways so it gives me a outlet to show some of my artistic side yeah, and you definitely do a great job of doing that. Um, so you're pretty much uh, really well known for shooting iconic LA locations. And as an LA native, I'm definitely interested to ask you this because I've seen you shoot the Venice Boardwalk, DTLA Skyline, the Observatory, Dodger Stadium. I mean, if just you name it, you know. So I was curious, can you talk about some of your all-time favorite locations to shoot? I know that's a difficult question, but what are some of your all-time favorite places to shoot? Well, I mean, I would have to say around Dodger Stadium is my favorite. It's such a beautiful spot and I have so much love for the Dodgers. And so, you know, I remember seeing uh, aerial photo at Dodger Stadium. It's probably 30 years ago now. And being like, it was in, before all these people could go up there and get drones and planes and stuff. And it was downtown in, Los An in Dodger Stadium. And I knew I needed to get a shot like that one day. So that's definitely my favorite. Downtown LA is amazing. I mean, right now it's the biggest building boom since the roaring 20s. So the skyline is just changing like crazy. I mean, every year, if I took a picture of the same spot, it would look different, especially near Staples Center. I actually have a picture that when I went up on a plane, I think in maybe 2004 before LA Live or any of those buildings were around the Staples Center. Mm -hmm. And I, I was reading about all the construction that was going to happen. And I knew I got to get up there and get some pictures before the whole skyline looks different. So I love those places. And then going to the beach and getting whales or getting dolphins is just a thrill to see the beautiful sea life out there and get to capture that. So I would say those are some of my favorite places. But, you know, I, I love shooting all around and what's cool about the videos is a lot of times you can get the 
action of the city in them. And, you know, where you get an interchange where it's just car after car or you get Venice Boardwalk and there's just so many people. It's just very cool to see it from up above. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love how you diversify your videos. Like um, the ones I've seen a few where you're above the boardwalk in Venice or Santa Monica, and it's just kind of hovering over and people are, like you said, it's almost like a timeline, but it's so beautiful because you've got the lights, the sand, the beach, and then your DTLA ones are amazing. And of course, Dodger stadium. I, I mean, it's so cool. It's not just Dodger Stadium. That whole area is really cool. Like how you can climb up in Elysian Park and you can see right into the stadium. I mean, you don't even need a ticket to get that amazing view of Dodger Stadium. So all those uh, areas are so amazing. Yeah. One thing I love to do too is go on hikes with my kids and find great locations. But over by Dodger Stadium, obviously you can't fly when there's a game very close, but it's very cool to go to those parks there. And, you know, you can hear the roar of the crowd. And it's just, it's very cool. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> if you're shooting yeah. it, also hear the word of the crowd. But yeah, I wanted to ask you that a few of your strategies, if you can share some professional secrets, don't share anything that you don't want to. But, you know, when you capture these epic shots of Los Angeles, w- w- what are some of the tips that you can share? Like, I, I know some places don't like drones. Um, when is the best time of day to go? Do you, do you typically go super early? Are you stationary, like in one spot? And then you, you just fly from that spot or, or, or what's a little bit of the background and how you capture these shots? The main thing is try to get pictures of places you really like, because I think if you do that, you're going to get much better pictures in general. And another thing is to play around a little bit. What's cool with the digital cameras is you're not paying per picture. So, you know, take different pictures, bring it up and down different angles and stuff like that. And just, you know, sometimes do something that's kind of contrary to what you might learn as being the right way to take a photo, you know, maybe shoot right in the sun and see if you get some light flares or different stuff like that. But when I'm shooting, I typically either hike into a place and shoot or fly out of my sunroof with my kids in the car. Mm. So, you know, most of the time I'm flying, I have my kids with me because I would say the time of day I usually go is after I'm done working most of my work's on the east coast so you know by about 3 4 o'clock i'm not talking to anyone on the phone anymore so i'll take my kids out give my wife a little break she usually cooks dinner and stuff for us and we'll go out for a couple hours and fly but i love sunset shots and the blue hour that time after sunset by about a half hour and you know every once in a while i'll get up in time for a sunrise which is always beautiful but I'm not that early of a riser in general. So uh, some of these places you shoot are like kind of busy. Are, are you so high up that they don't even notice? Most people don't even notice it's there. Yeah, most people don't. I mean, one thing I do as far as droning is I try to be as low key as per- possible. I don't fly close to anyone or anything in general. There's a lot of people, you see them walking around, playing with their drone, doing all types of stuff. I, I try not to bother anyone with it. I know, you know, a lot of people are sketchy over drones. They think you're spying on them or stuff like that. I don't, I don't want anyone to think that, and I don't want to have any problems with it. So, yeah, I try to do it as low-key as possible. And, you know, I don't have a huge drone either, which helps that out. Yeah, that's why I was assuming that you did it early in the morning. But now that I'm looking at these shots, um, most of them are, you know, later in the day or near sunset. But you're so high up. 
uh, it's almost looks like you're in a plane. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, one key to to shooting drone shots that I think most everyone makes a mistake when they start is actually flying too high. Mm. You know, you're you're allowed to take it up 400 feet, and you know, I would say most of my shots are between 200 and 300 feet high. That's one of the main things I would tell people who are shooting drone shots. Don't just shoot it up to that 400 foot limit and think that's the way to go. Cause a lot of times you, you miss the detail and stuff going on. And most of these drones are pretty wide angled. So you don't have to get up that high to really get a nice perspective of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at your uh, Venice beach shot and, and you're right. It's, it's high up, but you can see the detail and then you can see all the way out to the mountains. So really incredible shot. Yeah. Uh, one thing, by the way, that was really cool that I, during the pandemic, when no one was around, droning was still a good hobby because I didn't have to be near anyone. And it was just really amazing to catch. I don't know if you've seen the one I have at Venice Beach where it's, you know, there's like two people on the boardwalk. Yeah, that, that video is crazy. Yeah, there's some shots I was able to get, especially still photography that were once in a lifetime shots. You know, you'll never see downtown LA again with almost no one on the streets or Venice or, and also how clear it was. It was a horrible thing that happened, but as far as getting around town and taking pictures and getting these shots, it was also an amazing opportunity. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's hopefully it's once in a lifetime, but I don't think we'll ever see the streets that empty again. I wanted to ask you, you, you mentioned it earlier. One of your favorite shots is um, when you get sea life like whales and dolphins and you've captured some amazing ones. Um, wh- what is that like? So, so you're, you're basically not close to it. Um, Cause like you said, you're usually in your car or, or you're far away. I mean, you kind of know where they are or is it just a complete shock when you see them or, or what's that like? Yeah. I mean, I study the areas that they migrate to and they come into, but it's just kind of, you're out there panning, <laughs> looking for, you know, a little splash in the water or some birds kind of migrating to one area. And then, you know, you get it. And at that point, it's just, it's such a thrill. It's kind of like, you're just holding on trying to remember, you know, don't crash this thing and <laughs> get, get as good footage as you can. And, get it back before the battery runs out. Yeah. Cause you're out there in the ocean, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're out there in the ocean and it's just, uh, I mean, to me, it's the most exhilarating thing to see a whale or a bunch of dolphins and stuff. They're just unbelievably beautiful animals. And the fact that we have them right off the coast here in Los Angeles, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, a lot of people, one thing that's very cool about having my Instagram is showing the diversity of the city. I mean, when I show that, you can literally go to the snow and the beach within a couple of hours. People are like amazed that aren't from here that we have that. Yeah, that's really incredible. I'm watching your dolphins playing in Palos Verdes um, video. And, you know, I've seen dolphins and just like everybody else, the first thing we say is, man, I wish they would come closer. I wish they could come closer, you know, so we could see them even better. But this video is literally like just right over them in PV playing, like you're almost like with them. So really amazing work. Yeah. I hope one day to catch some of them surfing. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I've seen a couple pictures, mostly a few videos of them actually surfing the waves. And I'm like, I, I dream about that one day. No, I've never seen that. I, I gotta, oh, I gotta look that it's up. It's amazing. 
Yeah, it's kind of one of my bucket list things is to swim with dolphins. I think I'm going to be doing it this uh, coming year. So, oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's get back into sports because I know you're a huge sports fan. Every time I see you, you got a Dodgers cap on and you post a lot of Dodger Stadium stuff. So we won the championship last year. We're battling in the NLCS against Atlanta now as we record this. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like by the time this comes out. But I wanted to ask you about it. Um, can you share the story about how you became a fan and what it's been like over the years and what it's like right now as a fan with this amazing run that we've been on? I think I was born a fan. I, it was in my DNA. My dad's side of the family was from Brooklyn. And they came out two years before the Dodgers came out. And on my mom's side, my grandpa is from Pasadena and he played baseball with Jackie Robinson in high school. I actually wow. have, yeah, I have my grandpa's yearbook and he has signed it several times, Jack Robinson to my That's grandfather. So, it, you know, it's, from when I was born, we were always going to Dodger games. So I, you know, I've always been a Dodger fan. And then in 1988, when they won, that was just it. I was never going to ever think about it, any other team. So that, I guess that's how I became a Dodger fan is just in the DNA. And then as far as now it is, I don't think there's ever been as good of a Dodger run as now it's, my son, my oldest son is eight now, and every year he's been alive, they've been in the playoffs, and it's just so special to get to enjoy this time with my kids now. You know, I have three young kids, and they love going to the Dodger games or watching the playoffs with me, and, you know, our, we have block parties and stuff like that. So it's just a great time to be a Dodger fan. I mean, it was always great and special, but the teams they've been putting together these days are just amazing amount of talent. And for the most part, a lot of great guys. So it's fun. Yeah. They're fun to watch and they've just been on this crazy streak. And like you said, you've really got to appreciate the time that they're having now the run they're on, because I remember what was it? 2012, 2013. Remember they had the huge scandal and the Dodgers were like, they didn't seem to be going anywhere. And then they had all those investors and then um, things slowly turned around. And now it's just like, you know, maybe, maybe once in a lifetime run. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, when the O'Malley's were amazing owners and great, and then we got that guy, Frank McCourt, and he was just lousy. I mean, he was a horrible owner, but in a lot of ways, he made us appreciate, you know, the Guggenheim group coming in here and putting together a great product and what they did with the stadium. I mean, I guess it's last year, but we only get to appreciate it starting this year. It is amazing. I don't know if you got to go out there and see what they did in center field or, you know, made it so you can get around the stadium. It's just such an enjoyable stadium to go to even more than it was before. And just really special what they did out there in the outfield. No, I haven't gone to a game this year, but yeah, I've been reading about all the changes. Have you been to the Tommy Lasorda bar? That's one of the things I heard about, like the little speakeasy bar they have in there. No, I've seen it, but every game it's, my wife's not a Dodger fan. <laughs> not that she's a fan of another team. She's just not into sports. Yeah. <laughs> and so I take my kids out there. So oh, okay. So there's know. no bar. There's no bar hopping in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not with them, but I'm sure it's beautiful because everything they did to the stadium is just really, really top grade and just so nice what they made it. And now you can walk around the whole stadium, the whole game, and it's almost like a museum out there in the outfield. 
Yeah, I can't wait to check it out. Okay, so let's jump back into your account above Los Angeles. I was mentioning that I've shared a lot of your videos on my account, and I've seen you featured on a bunch of other Instagram accounts. But one thing I noticed recently is you've been getting featured even on local news television broadcasts. So I wanted to ask you, what was it like to see something you've created, shown, and talked about on local TV that you've probably grown up watching? Yeah, no, it's it's super cool. I mean, it, just to be on TV and is you know a thrill in itself, and then. Also, the first person to put me on was Fred Rogan, who's the local NBC sports broadcaster for pretty much my whole life. And he, we got together through Instagram and, you know, he said he'd love to use some of my work on his stuff. And he's just a great guy. And he ended up using one of my videos. He's using several of them, but one of them is a start to a show of flying over downtown and everything. And so it's a, it's just really cool to see it on the bigger screen. I mean, seeing it on your phone is cool, but these videos are such great quality that seeing them on a bigger screen, is just a whole nother level. So I love it. It's really cool. And, you know, I hope one day some of my videos get up into some movies and I get to see it on the huge screen. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize it was part of the opening of the show. I, I thought they were just showing like clips of it at the end or something. So that so it's like a permanent part. Well, for now, anyway, um, part of his opening. Yeah, yeah. He, his show comes on on Channel 4 after Sunday Night Football. They have a sports show. Mm. And so if you ever watch after Sunday Night Football, tune in and you'll see the beginning of it is one of my shots and then they feature probably five or six shots and they kind of change them up throughout each show the five or six shots that's so cool so they just reached out directly to you on instagram huh yeah fred did we just started talking one day and i told him you know if you ever have anything you'd like to use it for it'd be an honor and you know they did and he i was actually just going to give it to him for free and he's such a gentleman that he said no this stuff's too good we got to pay you for it so that's awesome. Very cool. I'm telling you, people, it goes down in the DMs, man. You can make some business deals on Instagram DMs. <laughs> no, you definitely can. And you know, you never know who's out there watching you. Yeah, definitely. Keep if you've got a passion like Josh does, keep pushing it out there and keep networking on Instagram. And uh, maybe you'll be featured on the news like Josh. Yeah. And just <laughs> the thing is too, just keep at it. I mean, I would say the first three years or so, I, I was growing followers and the count was growing and you know people would give me support and stuff like that but you know in this fourth year a lot of people reached out to do stuff with me and so you know it's just slowly growing it just interacting you know being like following counts like yours and other people that are just good people putting out good content and networking with them yeah, that's such a similar story to mine. Like for three years, nothing. And then, you know, just being consistent, doing it all the time, uh, meeting good people, it, it eventually uh, works out if you stick with it. Yeah, no, your account is amazing. I mean, it's such a cool part of LA that you feature. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, so let's get back into LA because I'm excited because you're an LA native. I don't get to talk to many of those on this podcast, believe it or not. So I always no, I, love... I believe it. <laughs> So I actually love to um, get your thoughts on this. Let's imagine you have a friend who lives in a different city and they were going to, they told you they're going to move 
uh, to Los Angeles in six months. What is some advice you would give them about living in LA or what they should do when they first get here to, to fit in? Well, the first thing I would tell them is don't get a place until you really find out where you're going to work. Because I, I firmly believe that your happiness in LA, a large part depends on your commute. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, you don't want to be commuting an hour each way every day. You're That's really going to cut into your time and your life, what you have for it. And then the other thing is, I think LA is an awesome city, but one thing about it is, and it's for good and for bad, is that a lot of people here, I'd say most people here, are not so interested in what other people are doing. And it's really nice because you can do your own thing and people don't get jealous. But at the same time, I think it's a little harder to meet people than a lot of other places. So you got to be independent here and be okay, you know, just going out there, making your own waves and meeting people on your own. You're probably not going to have a group of, you know, four to five guys that you're just going to hang out with all the time. Yeah, that's very true. I actually got to piggyback on both those things. So first, um, what you said about um, meeting people, because some people, a lot of people come from a small town or something and they come here as a big city, everyone's doing their own thing. And I've met a lot of people who moved here and told me they feel lonely. You know what I mean? Even though this sounds weird because you can go to a bar, you can go to a restaurant, there's people everywhere. So yeah, you definitely have to do your own thing, have your own goals and vision, and then um, connect with the people who um, connect with you. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And then the other thing that I think is really cool about LA is we have so many cool neighborhoods. You know, I think it's worth moving into, it obviously depends what part of life you're at. You know, I mean, if you're a young guy and you're just coming up, move to the beach or move to Westwood, have a great time. But, you know, if you have a family, find a nice neighborhood with a lot of families and stuff like that. But there's great neighborhoods inside the city. And it's just not all about going to Santa Monica or going downtown or what. There's so much more to the city and to explore. So I really think it's such a diverse city that anyone that moves here, I don't think they should come in and just get an apartment right away. I think it's, you know, Airbnb and go around different areas and get a feel for how, you know, I think it's been said a lot of times that LA is not one big city. It's, you know, thousand little cities put together into one big city yeah definitely and it seems like there's a fit for everyone and that, that's such a good point the first one you made about living somewhere close to where you work when you first get here so when i first moved here like 11 12 years ago i was working at cedar sinai um sure. yeah in um mid-city and yeah i was I, born there oh okay yeah my son was born there I, I i just got this apartment like a mile away from there two miles away and I used to ride my bike to work every day. And that was the happiest I've ever been in my life yeah. <laughs> because I, I, you know, as you discover more places in Los Angeles, to your point that fit you better, you start to move farther and farther. But while I was working there, I started getting more and more miserable with the commute. So, so that's a, that's a great point is to first move somewhere close to where you're working and then get to know the city and see if it's worth um, going out to that place and, and doing that commute. Yeah, no, I, like you might like to go downtown and eat a lot or see Dodger games or go to a Laker game or whatever, but you're only going to do that once or twice a week. Maybe you're going to go to work back and forth every day. So I think living near where you work is just so important. Yeah, definitely. 
Okay, so let's get into my final question here. I wanted to ask you if you could describe for us what you would consider to be your dream day in Los Angeles. From getting up to going to bed, what would happen and where would you go to make it the dream LA day for you personally? Wow. Well, I'd have to say my dream LA day would probably start the night before. It would (laughs) be a cold night and rainy because I think LA is the most beautiful after rain. And so it would be rainy and the snow up on the mountains when I woke up in the morning and I would start it, take my kids and my wife, we would go up into Evangelist Crest probably and catch some fresh snow and powder up there, probably let them sled a little bit and then come down, shoot straight down into downtown from there and go to the smorgasbord, get some great food and just, enjoy the whole culture that's going on there and then from there i'd probably go out to malibu and hopefully catch some whales out there migrating because it's winter time go home have a little rest but that's a long day right there and then go to a laker game i'd say and if it wasn't didn't have to be winter because of the snow i'd probably either go to a dodger game or like a world series game in october or go to the Hollywood Bowl and hear some great live music outside. That's awesome answer, Josh. And what I really think is cool about it is it perfectly sums up what you're talking about earlier, which is diversity. <laughs> I don't think many people would expect you to talk about snow and rain when you're talking about LA, but it ties into what you were saying about just the diversity that we have here. Yeah, it would be like that. It's such a great city like that. And I feel so fortunate to live in a city that there's, you know, very few things we don't have here or, you know, even in Southern California, we love going on day trips and, you know, we can go up to Santa Barbara an hour and a half or to San Diego in two hours or up to Vegas in three and a half hours. I just, you know, when this song, I love LA and it says there's no place like it nowhere, nothing could be more true. Yeah, definitely. It's just endless options. Yeah. Now I got a favor to ask you. What's that? You got so many connections out there. There's two things that I think LA needs huge. It would really put LA into the into this next century and bring us on, especially with the Olympics come here in 28. Is we have the Hollywood sign, but we don't have any other real iconic place that shows LA that you can see. And I think we need some artists or someone to come up with some other place or places that are just these iconic places of LA, like the Hollywood sign. So you don't mean like Griffith Observatory or Santa Monica Pier, or or you're talking about something that kind of... Yeah, I mean, like the Hollywood sign, where you see it and someone sees... Like, I think the Santa Monica Pier is awesome and the Griffith Observatory is awesome, but... People see that from, you know, in India. They don't necessarily know that that's Los Angeles, but they see the Hollywood sign and they know that's Los Angeles. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, the Hollywood sign, I think, is international, whereas Observatory, Santa Monica, Pier, people in the United States probably know what that is. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Huh. Wow. And then here's the other one where I I love the song. I love L.A. I think it's awesome. I know you're going with this and I agree. (laughs) Yeah, we need another song for L.A. You know, I I love Randy Newman. I love that song. It's so classic, but we need to have more than just one song for the city. 
That, that's so funny you say that because I was letting my son listen to that song. And, you know, it's a fun song to sing along with. But then I was thinking to myself, man, this song is from the 80s. We need something new, you know, that's yeah, we Los do. Angeles. Yeah. If anyone's out there listening, I think the hook, Just Another Beautiful Day in L.A. Today, would be a cool hook for it. Oh, okay, cool. Because, yeah, I was actually thinking about it, like hiring a songwriter to try to come up with something, you know, because every city, you know, like um, Will Smith wrote that song about Miami, like, I don't know, maybe 10 right. years ago, whenever it was, every uh, Miami Heat game you go to, they play that song. Um, and, you know, there's other examples, but you're right. The LA one, they play it at Laker games and stuff. I love LA, but I mean, it needs to be updated. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get rid of I love LA in any way, but we just need more. I mean, we're one of the best cities in the world. We need more than one song talking about us like that. All right, man. It's a, it's a huge task, but to thank you for coming on the podcast, I'm going to get to work on it. I think I'm going to go with the song first because that's probably easier than building something as amazing <laughs> as the Hollywood sign. Yeah, I think so too. And if you need videos for the song, you know where to come for the aerial. Okay, cool, man. All right. So we're putting it out there. Me and Josh want to know if you're a singer songwriter, um, let us know. And if you can build something as iconic as the Hollywood sign that people are going to recognize internationally, definitely contact us as well. Yeah. And let's, let's try to get it done for the 28 Olympics. That's going to be a really special time for our city. Yeah, definitely. Man, I gotta, I gotta aim bigger after talking to you. (laughs) 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 Okay. So Josh, it was so great talking to you, man. Uh, Meeting the man behind one of my favorite accounts above Los Angeles. Where should people go to find out more about you and to follow your account as well? Just on Instagram at above Los Angeles is the best place to find me. And you know, shoot me a DM if you want to talk about anything. I'll respond to it. And, you know, any questions you have about the city or drones or what. And one thing I wanted to say that I find amazing about LA and inspirational is at least two or three times a week on my Instagram, I get people from all over the world hitting me up who want to come to Los Angeles. And you know, I don't really know how to help people get green cards or anything like that. <laughs> but it's just amazing to live in a place where people dream and just say, you know, it's my dream to come there. And we're so fortunate, all of us who are from LA or have come here to live in such a special place that the whole world dreams about going to. I definitely could not agree more, Josh. And I think part of that is people like yourself, talented people just showing off all the amazing things that we have in the city. So guys, follow Josh's account on Instagram, Above Los Angeles. It's incredible. Thanks again for coming on, Josh. And I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. Welcome back, LA Hackers. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Josh from Above Los Angeles. If you love LA photography and video and you love LA iconic landmarks, you definitely want to check out his account above Los Angeles on Instagram. He has some incredible cinematic uh, drone and aerial footage that you're definitely going to love. So check him out above Los Angeles on Instagram. Okay, on to my special hack for this episode. Now, I'm not much of a photographer myself, but having this Instagram account, this LA-based Instagram account that I have had for quite a while, I do know some of the best places to take a photograph in Los Angeles because I'm constantly getting tagged by photographers um, when they're taking these epic pictures in LA. So I thought I would just rattle off a few of them for you. I made a little list here of some of the most popular places to take an epic picture in LA. 
Okay, number one, Griffith Observatory. No doubt about it, Griffith Observatory is one of the best places to take a picture in Los Angeles, especially at sunrise or sunset. Number two, I'm gonna go with LACMA, the Urban Light. It's that installation you see on Wilshire Boulevard in front of the LACMA Museum, the Urban Lights. Good luck trying to get it a good picture when there's no one there. Um, there's, you know, people are always taking pictures there, but again, at night, that's a really good one to take a picture. Angels Gate Park, uh, the Korean Friendship Bell, that's another popular spot to take a picture in San Pedro. And you can definitely get a good picture there. Uh, that, that place isn't always too crowded if you go uh, at the right time. So Angels Gate Park in uh, San Pedro and the pictures of the Korean Friendship Bell. Santa Monica Pier, of course, probably the best place to take a good picture of the pier at night is on the left-hand side on the beach. Uh, just a few, you know, 10 to 20 yards away. I'm not sure exactly the distance, but that's probably the most popular picture I see at the Santa Monica Pier. Is it all lit up at night? Someone's taking the picture from the beach on the left-hand side. That's one of the best shots you can get. Uh, let's see here, Walt Disney Concert Hall. That's another really popular place to take a picture. It's beautiful at night. Um, and it's just that unique building. Uh, there's no other architecture like it. it you, a little extra tip there is they've got this thing called the Blue Ribbon Garden. It's like the secret hidden garden within the Disney Concert Hall. You don't have to actually have to go inside Disney Concert Hall. It's on the outside so you can access it. That's also another great place to take pictures. The Broad, the Broad just down the street from, actually right next to the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Another really popular spot to take um, pictures in Los Angeles, especially at night. Again, um, this one we're going to go to Long Beach, and that's the Queen Mary cruise ship. It's a beautiful ship. It's got this fence around it, so you can kind of frame the picture. And uh, yeah, another beautiful picture, another beautiful spot to take a picture in Long Beach is the Queen Mary cruise ship. Uh, we're going to head back down to downtown Los Angeles right now. That's the Bradbury building. That's another really popular spot to take a picture. They used to be able, used to, be able to walk in the lobby and take a picture. Right now, during COVID, they've got it kind of shut down, but look for that to open back up. Um, Bradbury building is a historic building in LA where they filmed a lot of films, including Blade Runner. Great place to take a picture. Uh, the Last Bookstore, the Last Bookstore also downtown. That's a really excellent place to take a picture, take pictures and, uh, you know, if you go on Instagram and type in Last Bookstore, you'll see plenty, plenty of pictures and you get some great ideas there. Uh, we're going to stay with downtown, the South Olive Street parking garage. So it's a circular, it almost looks like a piece of art, but it's a parking garage, especially from the vantage point that you take it from. You can get, grab a really good picture there. Next, we're going to go back over to the beaches and we're going to go with the Venice Beach Canals, picturesque, beautiful canals that look like a slice of Italy right here in LA. Another popular place to take pictures. Um, let's see, Hollywood sign. Of course, the Hollywood sign is one of the most famous spots you can take a picture of Los Angeles. And we recommend you go behind the Hollywood sign for a really, really good picture that people are gonna ask you, how did you do that? Um, the next one, we're gonna stay in that area and that's the Grimes Canyon Road. Um, if, you, if you put that in Instagram, you'll see a picture of it, but um, you're actually going to need to get in your car to take a good picture of this. But it's this really beautiful road in the mountainside and it looks spectacular. Uh, Elysian Park, that's one of the best places you can take a, 
uh, some pictures. There's Elysian Park, uh, rows of palm trees, the downtown LA skyline, and uh, that's an awesome, awesome place to end it. I will end it there because there's so many more, but you know, we're going to keep it down to a manageable list here. Those are some amazing places you can take pictures in Los Angeles and video for that matter. And if you have any more questions about any of those, just go to Instagram and type them in and plenty of plenty plenty of pictures will pop up. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's uh, episode and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.